hate dancing to our theme song, Josh. It's a nice bop, Ken. It's a it's a back and forth kind of a swing. But it exposes how much I can't dance. <laughs> this is the afternoons with Josh and Ken. Doesn't matter when you listen, it's always the afternoons. Post San Diego Comic Con, we are here. Feeling good, Josh. Ken. We survived. We did. Well, you know, this year was a I didn't go full force. I was only down there for the night for yeah. our live show, that which was, brave was of you. absolutely fantastic. It took me five total hours to drive from Los Angeles to San Diego. Um, I did some math in my head when I got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it was cool. I was texting with Mark Ellis about you know the show because I wanted to yeah. go see the Rotten Tomatoes show. Uh, your opinion right. sucks, I, I which I just like. I got there as the show was starting. Like I didn't uh, even. Yeah. Mark Ellis was on stage when I got and there, and they let you in. Still, they let me in. Okay. I you know I you know me and getting in places you're good at, at getting into places. So uh, but so I left L.A. at eleven thirty. Okay. Okay. I didn't get to Comic Con until four forty five. I mean that's scary. But I get it. And now everybody's like, "Why didn't you take the train? You should have taken the train." Oh, you know what? Let's okay. talk about train people. Okay. Yeah. But real quick. Yeah. The reason I took it was because I wanted to have my car because I didn't have a place to stay on Friday night. Right, I didn't have right. a place to stay at all. Sorry about uh, No, it's okay. And uh, so I was going to drive the night of the show back to Orange County, about halfway home, okay. uh, to stay with Amanda at her sister uh, sister's place. And so I, you know, I found a parking spot. It was for free, basically. It was a little bit of a walk, but it was right by the comedy club, so no big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was... It was worth the drive down because I think that our show killed it. I thought we, I oh, thought it was great. Mark was amazing. All the comments were great, but us especially were fantastic. <laughs> we were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't say that about myself a lot, but yeah. it was fun doing the live show. Special thanks to everyone who came out to the American Comedy Sold Company. Sold that place out, man. Sold it out. All proceeds went to uh, the late, great John Schnepp's yeah. uh, medical fund. We're going to talk about Schnepp here in a second without mm-hmm. a doubt, because we talked about him on stage we there, did. about creating and, and entertaining in his name, because that's what John would have liked. But we had a lot of fun, uh, and you you were a trooper five hours down and hitting the road after. Yeah. Uh, but I got th- th- those trained to Comic-Con people, uh-huh. I have a problem with. Okay, go ahead. Because here's the thing, I heard, two years ago I took the train down with Screen Junkies, yeah. and it's and it's it's good. I get it. I get the appeal. Uh-huh. You load up your luggage, you sit down, you get a beverage, you talk with friends. You don't have to drive anything. Right. And some I love driving just in general. Other you do. You're don't. a big driver guy. I, I like know, driving. Know that okay. Right. I like. I learned something new about you every day. Relaxing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You and I drove to Comic Con uh, yeah. last year. We did actually. And it's nice. You took a nice nap, yeah. and I'm okay with it as a driver. Sure. I don't need you to be here with me. And on the way home, yeah, we didn't take. We we spoke. We stopped at a nice McDonald's. Oh it yeah, was a, it was actually a very enjoyable drive home. And we left very early. We did. We got home. You and I are early. both very good at one thing. Yeah. What's that? Waking up. Waking up when we need to be. Correct. But the train people, and then they start to lecture you. Yeah. They start yeah. to. Yeah. You know, the train. Oh, you you got to take the train. Got to take the train. Yeah. Train's the best way to go. Uh, yeah. If yeah. you're taking the train, you don't have to worry about it. Train's the greatest. You timed it right. You would have been here. Okay, let me talk about the train. You get to Union Station. Train leaves at, say, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, Juwan Guillory, the old supervisor of the Screen Junkies, were heading down on the train. We're train mates, you know? Train mates. We got there at 9, bright and early, bushy tail. Got our one bag, because that's about all you can fit on the damn train, by the mm-hmm. way. Got our one bag. We're going down to Screen Junkie Central. Diedrich Bader, you know the actor? Yeah. Drew Carey's show. Yeah. Office space. Yeah. Well, good eight, man. Hey. Um, he's behind me with his family. Okay. We're waiting. The train pulls in finally. It's like 9.55. All aboard at 10, right? Uh, it doesn't matter if you got there at 9. No. All 70 people trying to get into that car crowd in front of you. Yep. So you lose your place in line. Yep. 
We had business class, whatever. People standing on the train. Hovering over you, breathing in your How's face. How's that two-hour relaxing train ride when you're standing? Fantastic. And your luggage barely fits. Nothing's guaranteed. It. Then the train delays. Yep. Everyone, Wednesday, I think it was Thursday, maybe it was Thursday, um, one of the days, one of the early days of Comic-Con, you'd see them at the parties. Hey, how are you doing? How was your ride down? Oh, took the train. It was delayed for an hour and a half. We had to sit on that hot train. Yep. Why? Well, the GPS went down. The GPS on the straight tracks went down? <laughs> There's only one way to go, Ken. Now, I'm sure there's something we don't understand about it, but sure. uh, I don't think in 1892 they stopped the trains because they didn't know the direction of the train. Pretty tracks. sure that uh, all they had to do was hit the switcher there, <laughs> throw some logs in the old steam engine, and they took off, Ken. Yeah, now if it's a matter of another train's coming and you want to... I get that, but yep. it's, so train rides, that casual two-hour train ride, now is a six-hour ordeal. Mm-hmm. I left Sunday during the prime time. People were like, oh, if you leave now, you're going to have six hours on the road. Three hours exactly, maybe three hours and one minute, because I went up to 15. There you go. You took the roundabout. <sighs> I can. I had like nine different ways I could have gone, and uh, all of them seemed to just be equally as terrible, right. and I got screwed. And Mark was cool, and he's like, hey, I think they may want to use you for the Rotten Tomatoes show. Didn't make it for that. Didn't get done. Didn't huh? get uh, down there for that. <laughs> and uh, I, I did some math, Ken. Yeah. Not good. So, I'm not good at math. Okay. It's uh, it's 120 miles, basically, from my apartment. From your apartment to downtown San to Diego? To downtown San Diego, to the gas This lane. should be about a two-hour drive. About right? a two-hour, you know, I mean... Give or take. Give or take. You know, you're, you're always going to hit some kind of traffic. I mean, traffic, you know sort, not counting traffic. Just I'm if you were, boom, From your down. apartment right now. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. map this, In okay? beautiful Burbank, California, okay. Josh. It's 137 miles, okay? Yeah, that's, that's easy. Okay. For me, it's like it's about 130, a little, closer, yeah. little 128 or something okay. like that. Okay, let's just round it down to 120, right? Which is basically what I was doing when we were down at the Jersey Shore. Me and the family we rented a golf cart for the week on okay. the island. Okay, yeah. It's, the thing, the max speed of that golf cart is 25 miles One of them an hour. Street legal golf carts. Street legal golf carts. Gotcha. Okay, if I were to start and drive 25 miles an hour straight in that golf cart to San Diego, yeah. I would have made it in the same amount, same of, amount of time. Same amount of time. It would have been an open-air golf cart just cruising along down the California coast in a golf cart. And yeah. Lance Armstrong's average speed when right. he won his first Tour de France. Average speed of a yellowtail swallow. Yeah. Yellowtail was 28 miles an hour. He would have beat he me. Beat you. He would have beat me. Okay. And it's a special kind of pain when you're yeah. stuck in that five freeway yep. traffic. Yep. Oof. Just sit. It just doesn't stop. Like f- for a couple of miles, you're like, oh, the open road. Yeah. Oh, the open road. Nope. Didn't. Finally got yeah. down there. Yeah. It, it white knuckling. Yeah. You know, thank God I, I, I didn't. I wasn't like late for anything because Mark yeah, texted yeah. me on my ride down. Hey, could you be here by four? And I was like, I, I thought I might have been yeah. able to be, but I didn't. It couldn't. Good. Yeah, so you would have been on the Rotten Tomatoes panel. Well, I, he had me doing some Something. kind of thing for that show. Gotcha. Okay, which was a great show. It was amazing. The, it was fantastic. The they yeah. really did an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was really I'll well. Tell done. you about the big problem I have your, with it after your yes, opinion yes, sucks. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. Got it. Um, I thought it was well done. You know, Great Drake, obviously awesome. Mark is always yes. good. Um, Scott Mance, uh, yeah. always entertaining, and. Who else was on that panel? Uh, it should be Jacqueline Coley was Jacqueline, on. she was fantastic. Hal Rudnick the day and I Hal, saw. Yeah. And Hal was on okay, the day right. I was there, too. Uh, all very entertaining people. All well done. I still, like, for some reason, I was just angry the, for, like, two hours <laughs> after. Yeah. Like, till about seven. We ate dinner. We had, some, we had a couple drinks. We met up, and I could tell you were slightly agitated. Yes. I was just upset. Yeah. yeah. 
because it took me so long to get there. And then I got there, and I, and listen, you're a Comic Con vet as compared to me. My sixth year. Sixth yeah. year. I've gone three times. Okay. Okay. One year separated. Two years I didn't go, and then Comic Con, then Film HQ, and then last year with Collider. Right. Right. Okay? Right. Right. This year I didn't have any work. Nobody asked me to host anything. Right. I didn't change my Twitter, Instagram to S- hashtag SDC will host your panel. Yeah, you and me didn't beg for correct jobs. We're not. I also don't for. like to change my Twitter handle to something weird. I don't either. You know, like I know we'll be at this right. or off, and I don't need. that. I get why you do it. I don't like to do it. No. Hey, just check my Twitter. I'll tell you where I am. Yeah. If I'm gonna yeah. be there or ask, I don't need it anyway. That's like the people that would change. Back in the days, it was MySpace, where right. they would change to like a weird nickname. Oh, yeah. Or on Facebook, or whatever yeah, you yeah. do. Keep that branding the same, man. I, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just Josh Bakuga. Yeah. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, and I got down there, Ken, and I and I remember why I don't like Comic-Con sometimes. Yeah, you don't like it a lot. I'm not a yeah. big Comic-Con guy. Yeah. And I and here's the thing. What hit I you? love being with all my friends. Oh, yeah. Great time. I, love, I, I actually enjoy some of the work for the most part because we get to all hang out and shoot the shit and walk around and whatever. Yeah. It's the lines for parties of people yeah. that I don't need to fight with you to get into a party. That's right. the reason I don't go to clubs in Los Angeles. It's the, I'm very good at getting to parties. And if that's my only option, so if I'm there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, my only option is to meet my friends at some of these parties, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go and I will fight my way in and I will sneak yeah, my way in good. and I'll yeah. do there. I'll, I'll, I'll do get it. in. It's Get no some problem. Free apps. Free apps. Open bars. I'll mostly likely be allergic to one of those apps at one of those nights. One almost killed you. Yeah. Correct. I was uh before our show, I was talking to Nick Scarpino and Tim Gettys. Yeah, great, they were great, great guys. Yeah, kind of funny guys, guys yeah. were down there. And they were like, Hey, we're gonna go to the IGN party, but we are gonna come to your show. And it I was, was like, right oh, across the street from our show. Awesome. Fantastic. So I go in there and I'm like, oh, an IGN employee has to be on the VIP list. So David Griffin said he wasn't going to make the party. David Griffin of IGN. He works now at IGN. Formerly collected. Very good friend of mine. Yeah. I said his name at the door and they said, no, he's not on the VIP list. And I was like, and I acted like I was David Griffin because he, this person working the door didn't work at IGN. They were from an outside company or whatever. I was like, I work at IGN. Are you telling me I'm not on the VIP list? And he said, no, sir, you're not. This, the VIP list is reserved for celebrities and of such and i was like all right great uh-huh. so then we walked across walk next door to the double deuce the double deuce it's a like a a saddle ranch type of bar there's a mechanical bull it's like drinks were normally priced there was no line we dirtier, stood outside saddier, saddle yeah, ranch. dirtier saddle ranch sat outside there had a couple beers walked next door did the show it was great fantastic great yeah great evening the show was awesome you and i didn't have a ton planned we only had two things planned a little run in order like we do for this show we yeah. just tee it high and let it fly mm-hmm. right and which is a badminton term and uh <laughs> we i thought we we had a, it was a lot of fun you make me have a different style of comedy which was great i felt like i was stretching my legs yeah yeah because normally so? you know me yeah if i'd host that show I'd stand behind the microphone because uh-huh. it's a self uh, self confidence issue. Yeah, uh, I would sit there and put some really wry observations, uh-huh. and just stand there static. Okay, and sometimes the jokes hit, sometimes they don't. Sure, but with you there, we had energy. We were yeah. pacing around, and I was saying things and doing things in a different manner yeah. than I would have normally done. I yeah. think that worked out really well. I, I do. I thought that our first twelve to fourteen minutes, however long we went up there, uh, we ran the light a touch. We ran the light about a minute. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. thirteen minutes after we told everyone else, "Do not run <laughs> the F and light." Hey, this show is strict. Yeah, you do not run the light. And then I yeah. saw we had about two minutes left, and I was like, "Better get out in that crowd." Better run it around. Was, I, we were running, and I was watching the clock, and I knew we were going to be okay, but uh, then things, it was hard for the, 
you and I had to move around in the crowd. Yes, yeah. So you had to get around some tables and some yeah. nachos and some and For some sure. stuff was good. But thank to, thank you to everyone who came out live. It was not taped. It and I know people were asking, but yeah. that's sometimes how it is. Live comedy shows. We gotta uh, we gotta make it happen. We gotta make it happen. There's only so much we can do. Right. Um, at one point, Cobster and I had a conversation about the Wangers recording it. Yeah. Um, but that's but, like a lot of effort for those guys. And I think they'd already been working enough and we weren't paying them. Right. Um, and they've already been doing a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. As is. And but I'll tell you what, we're going to we're going to we're going to have a lot more Comic-Con conversations. But yeah, I want to tell you my story Go. about Rotten Tomatoes. OK. So Mr. Mark Ellis took good care of us. Yeah. Us being me and Grace Hancock, okay. actress Heather Grace Hancock. We great lady, down there great for woman, her first trip to Comic Con. Was down there for a couple. What'd days. she think? She she like good briefly, time. good. She had a good time. She okay. didn't work it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I told her that's a different experience. Sure. When you work Comic Con versus attending Comic Con, but we had Correct. a great time. Okay. So Mr. Mark Ellis says, yeah. "Do you want to come see the Rotten Tomato shows?" Well, uh, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds like a, a great. Josh had such fun. Did he put you in the uh, the part where you got the free drinks? Yes. Perfect. So. This is nothing against Rotten Tomatoes. Because I'd love to do some work with them. I would love to. You'd love to do some work. Of course. Uh, This is a different thing. We get in there, get, hey, right in. We sit at the bar. Mr. Scott Mance is there. We hug. We hug it out. Great. A lot of hugging with Mance. How Rudneck. A lot of hugging. A lot of good times. Mr. Ellis is getting ready. Uh, Mr. Ellis, Mr. Ellis, time for your microphone and makeup. Uh, Mr. Ellis? Free drinks, right? That's great. Fantastic. If you're you're a gentleman or a gentle lady. And we do. Uh, They never came back over again for drinks. Never Got during it. the show. That's that's hard rock for you. The hard it's at the hard rock. Ten minutes before the show starts. Yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, I gotta take a pee. Yeah, right. It's a big bathroom. I'm sipping there, right? this whiskey. Yeah. Now I knew where the bathroom was, but I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. So the guy next to me happens to ask right then of the bartender, "Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom." The guy, the bartender goes, "Eh, it's kind of difficult." Guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you gotta go out, and then you go left, and then you go right, and you go left. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, I know where that restroom is. I've yeah. been in the Hard Rock before. The guy goes, okay, so he goes, and he goes out, and he go. I notice he goes through the set. And I'm thinking, uh, that's fine, but I, I'm here an hour. The show is an hour. It's mm-hmm. live, no problem. Twenty minutes into the show, Josh, what happens? You gotta really. Pee. I gotta really go. Yeah. Whiskey pee. Ugh. You know those. The whiskey seal must pee? be broken. The seal is, and my legs doing the shake. Oh no. And my hands are doing the shake. Yeah. So I'm like the Harlem Shake, and I remember I had the story. I almost peed in the Uber, yeah. even drunk movie uh-huh, fights. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That feeling was happening. Yeah. You ever almost pee your pants as an adult? Uh, many times. That many times. Warm sensation comes over you. Oh yeah. And your body's like, we're I'm doing gonna, this. I'm gonna pee. We're gonna go. Do it now. So I get up. I like that your pee kind of sounds like a dying yes. Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. What does your heart <laughs> tell you? So I go, and I walk up. Kind of fast, and there's okay. two girls there. I think working with the production. Yeah. But I go, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, I know it up there. And she's like, yeah, you can't get to it. And, oh. and I go, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, it's, it's it's too difficult to get. I'm like, I really have to go. She's like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no. So I stand in the back. And you just dance. Doing the shake, and I'm looking at the clock. It's 5.25. The show's oh. going until 6. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so I'm like, up to 6. Up to 6. I'm like, well, yeah. maybe I can just distract myself. Yeah. So I go sit back down. Uh, Grace is like, what? I feel like sitting makes me want to pee more. more. So, But the, the standing made me feel a little better. So I sit back yeah. down, and I'm like, I think I got it. She's like, well, you know, did you ask somebody? I'm like, yeah. And then we kind of get into a little fight. She's like, did you ask? I'm like, I'm grumpy. I'm like, I yeah, asked yeah. somebody. Yeah. I asked two people. Shh. 
search. Dad needs to pee. So then I noticed someone else goes out the back door towards yeah. outside the Comic-Con, sure. across from the Omni there. So I get up and I go to the security guy there. You know, you know I worked security for 17 years. I get it. He's yeah. access control. He knows nothing. He's not. That's his job. Yeah. So I go, hey, man, I got to go to the bathroom. Can I just go out? I have my wristband. And I just got hit. He goes, yeah, I'm not going to let you back in. He's like, once you go out, you're out. I'm like, okay, but I really, they won't let me in the front. He goes, yeah, that's it. <sighs> that's it. You, you, you can't go, you go so out. So what did you, you do? So I go back. And now this time, now Grace is like, well, I kind of have to go. Uh, I'm no. like, she's, I'm like, we can't leave. Yeah. It'd be so bad. Yeah. We're, we're supporting Alice. And I tried and I stood up again. Now you now you just look you know, funny look like because a you're like, hey, uh, excuse me, sir, I got to pee. You've asked yeah. everybody. Now at this point, you just want a corner to pee in a Gatorade bottle. Yeah. So here's I. This is what I thought. Honestly, I'm drinking a Jameson and ginger. Uh huh. Kind of a yellowish tinge. Uh huh. Go with me. Yeah. I'm thinking everyone's concentrated on the show. I, mean, I unzip, put the glass between my legs. Yep. Tell the guy I want another drink. Yep. I came ten seconds within doing of that. Uh. I almost did it. It was like this is what you did. Get. You stay till the end of the show. So about 10 minutes left in the show. Oh, my they God. They bring the cast of Black I can, I can feel, feel the pain the, yeah. in my bladder. And I'm doing the thing. I'm this. like, I'm going to I'm gonna pee here at Comic-Con. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, if, even at this point, I decide to get up and go. Yeah. Where do I go from there? Right. Because the Hard Rock won't let you in unless you're a guest. No. So 10 minutes left in the show. The show's wrapping up. They introduce the cast of Black Lightning. They're on stage interviewing them. The, so the show's... I, I, Grace and I turn to each other and we're like... Let's go. Nobody cares about Black So we Lightning. bolted out. <laughs> then the Hard Rock, they're like, you can't go in. And I'm like, I hold up my wristband, and I'm never, I'm not this person. No, I know. I'm usually I like, am. I am. You I'm, are usually, the, I'm usually like, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. I go, look, I was just in the Rotten Tomatoes thing. They wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. I just want to get in there. Yeah. She's like, okay. Finally pee. It, it, you, ever, you ever have to go so uh, bad you, you can't a, go? But yeah, because it hurts. You can't go. But, but then you make a loud moaning sound. <laughs> like, it's the greatest oh. thing in your life. You ever seen those memes on thing? It's like, yeah, sex is good, but have you ever, you yeah. know, like beaten the ways, right, or yes. whatever? Like, yeah, sex is good, but peeing after holding it for what seems like an absolute eternity is yes. something that that I mean, okay, yeah. the most the most I've ever had to pee in my life was yeah. we are we're tailgating for the Super Bowl. Okay, now right. I'm, now I'm name dropping. I I was lucky Ooh. enough. I was lucky enough. To, <laughs> I went to a Super Bowl. I was lucky enough to go to the Super Bowl when we beat the Cardinals on what what we I, being the, you Pittsburgh, and the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I was there under I, contract. Josh, McCurry. correct. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Uh, Sideline morale, right? right. Yeah, AK, a, AK in the stands it's screaming. A position, yeah. yeah. So uh, my uncle was down there. Tons of like family and friends. Everybody was down there. My uncle was throwing this huge tailgate. Right. Okay, we're in Tampa Bay. Gotcha. Okay, it's warm that day, but it's not hot. It's like, you know, like a Tampa February, 75 degrees, oh, okay. whatever. Okay. Never been in Tampa in February. No. Yep. So we're, you know, everybody's like, listen, you got to get in line early. You got to get in line early because you, you what the, the Super Bowl is now is they build around the entire stadium so that you go in line to get into like this arena. And then actually uh, okay. getting into the stadium is not the problem. It's the it's you get in. Access, it be, yeah. yeah, it's at, they, they, they line you through like you're going into a roller coaster and then you go in and there's other bars. And there's an outsourced experience and then you actually go into the stadium. Yeah. But. Beers were 15 bucks and everybody was like, I'm not going to spend 15 bucks on beers, whatever. So we are, we are getting hammered and we are drinking a ton of beer. And listen, I'm a whiskey guy like you. Like me. Yeah. 
my uncle only had one bottle of whiskey at the tailgate, and we finished it real quick. I mean, real it was fun. early. So then I start drinking light beer, and light beer, we all know, is just water. It goes through you like it you wouldn't believe. Go, light beer goes straight to your urethra. It, right in there. And it's <laughs> it's a healthy pee. It sits in there. But once you break that seal with light beer, forget about it. Your liver is detoxifying that light beer uh, like, a, 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 like a high-powered hydraulic yeah. water stimulation plant. Light beer know. turns your bladder into Billy Zane and Memphis Bell yeah. holding his hand over the bomber button. Correct. <laughs> We're almost there. We got to do it. Do it. The clouds are clearing. The clouds, the clouds are, are clearing. clearing. Memphis Bell. Okay. So... We're, we're chugging beers, and then all of a sudden, I was like, guys, kickoff is in 40 minutes. And at a normal Steeler game, right. normal Steeler game, like, hey, kickoff's in five minutes, run to the gate, and run they let that. you in, right? right and it's right, just right. a mass of people trying to get in the game, and security at the front of a Steeler game is very lax. Right. I mean, if you are feeling somewhat unsafe about terrorist activities at a, at a sporting event, don't go, because it'll make <laughs> you feel less, because security okay. is literally my great-grandma right. looking through purses and t- patting down old men. Right, okay? right, right. Now we get and all of, and we don't even realize it, but we're pulling up. I'm like, what are all these people with? Oh, oh no. no, this is the line. So I can. It's about thirty minutes to kickoff. Now we don't want to miss kickoff. Can't. It's a Super Bowl, and we don't know that there aren't other lines. We have no idea how long it's going to take. Oh, a line. This could be a line to it's a line. Could, line to a line. So the line starts moving, and I see a buddy of mine about a hundred people in front of us. Right. Right. And I was like, how's it moving? And he said, airport security. That's what he yelled. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. So about halfway through, we're getting there. Now it's about 15 minutes to kickoff. So we've, we've gone about halfway through the line and we're 15 minutes deep. And we've, I mean, the way I'm looking at it, I'm like, we're going to miss kickoff of a fucking yeah. Super Bowl. Right. And I don't know who was singing the national anthem, but I couldn't have cared less. I just sure. didn't want to miss the opening play of the Super Bowl. It might have been Britney Spears featuring In Vogue. Yeah. So all of a sudden, somebody screams like, add more security. And... And what could be the only time anybody's ever listened to something in a logistic form, <laughs> all of a sudden they open up like six more gates. The line starts flying, right? right? right. But it's still like 10 minutes. To, and Ken, yeah. I'm talking like my, I can feel the pee going into my eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Like it's filling up my whole body. You're I'm dancing. You're sweats. You know, yeah. my, my dad is getting the jitter. Everybody, like we are, <laughs> dad, my dad's like, we're going to miss the kickoff. We're, do, we're basically doing the jitterbug. You know, yeah, we're yeah. doing a Charleston, oh, whatever you want to oh, call it. Yeah. We're, we're doing like, okay, come on in. And we're like, they pat us down. And you've never seen a 65 year old man run this fast. <laughs> we are running through, getting through up to Raymond James Stadium. We get yeah. towards our seat. And my dad's like, where is the, where is the freaking bathroom? We can't find. We're in Raymond James Stadium. All of a sudden, we see that, like you know, like oh, on the fourth day, look to the west, <laughs> right? And my dad's like, "There's the men's room." Seventy person line, oh, of course, for the men's room, and they're at the all Super probably Bowl. jittering, and they're too. all doing the thing. And my dad's like, <laughs> like screaming, "Use the trough, touch each other. I don't care. Let's go." <laughs> Can we get to the trough? Yeah. It's like a, 30 seconds to kick off. Yeah. Two, a, a son and a father peeing without hands because it was just like, ah, oh, God, it's fi- it's finally happening. It's happening. peeing like a five-year-old. We get up there and... Pants around his ankles. We get up there and my uncle who had... My uncle who we were staying with the seats, not the uncle on the tailgate, he had right. left about a half hour earlier because he was with his wife and they wanted to see wanted the festivities, right? We get there and my uncle's like, well, there was a delay. You, you wouldn't believe it. There was a delay after the the national anthem. They couldn't. I think you may remember they couldn't get the fog from the fireworks. Oh yeah, because it was so low in Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, yeah. So they had to wait, and they were trying to blow these fans <laughs> to blow the smoke away, right, right, right. so that they could actually kick the ball off. 
Made the kickoff. Made the kickoff. Boom. And peed. And to this day, I think about that pee as the greatest pee of my life. I, it, I mean, that day going to Schmoes after the drunk movie fights was was there. But this this was close up to yeah. there, too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's something yeah. powerful, man. It really is. Something powerful. It really is. Uh, God bless you for getting your pee. But I, I can't tell you how close it was to peeing at the Hard Rock Bar into an empty glass of Jameson and Ginger. There was a bar at Penn State. It's called the G-Man. Called the P-Bar. There was one toilet in the G-Man. I don't know how, via whatever. It was one urinal and one stall, and the stall was always out of order where there was always somebody taking a poop. So there was just the one urinal. And it was the only bar I've ever been into where there was no line for a girl's room, but there was line for the guy's room. Yeah. And the line would back up like you wouldn't believe, right? Yeah. I took a pitcher of beer one time during a crazy crowd of night and just leaned against the bar and peed into the pitcher and then dumped the pitcher into the trash can next to the bar. And, and then I was like, and then literally I was like, I don't think anybody should ever have to drink out of this. And I just threw the pitcher away. That's good for you. Yeah. But good I have peed in a bar before. Ken. I, I had an old uh, a boss, uh, still a friend of mine. He lives out in Florida now, but he, you know, he was in his mid fifties and you know, the body starts changing and he knew something. He had to drive home from work and sometimes sure. the traffic would be bad going up to Santa Clarita from Northridge. So he always had an empty water bottle <laughs> in the car. Smart. And he would, he goes, you don't know how many times that saved me. <laughs> How many times you don't think it's going to Is that hit. why Mark Ellis keeps all those empty water bottles in his car? Uh, that's a different issue. <laughs> you know what? The, the, the best one, though, is the 32-ounce Gatorade because it's got the wide mouth. Or any of the Gatorade bottles <laughs> have the wide mouth. You can just slide things slide right in, in there. there. Yeah, because the small mouth, you can't fit. It's just like you got to aim your hole right yeah. in there. It's We're getting I, inappropriate. We're, we're getting we're, inappropriate. We're, but no, we're having some fun yeah. there. We're having some fun there. Comic-Con, though, in the end... Comic-Con was really fun, fun experience. There was a bittersweet feeling to it. And it was. I think we do here in the afternoons, Josh, really want to talk about yeah. what happened in the passing of uh, the great John Schnapp. He that is, was something that happened Friday morning when a lot of us woke up to that news. Devastating. It was uh, it was brutal. Um, yeah. I think you and I uh, leading off the show with like a cheers to John Schnapp. Um, at the comedy show, at the yeah, comedy yeah. Show at American Comedy Club. I, I, you know, John is not the kind of guy that would want something somber. Right. Uh, he's not the kind of guy. And you know, Holly um, Payne, his fiance, his partner, mm-hmm. you know, producing partner. They they made uh, the Death of Superman Lives. What happened right. together? They've done many projects together. An amazing, amazing woman, a rock star of a woman, literally a rock of a human being yeah. to, to get through this whole thing. And all of the people that have reached out. You know, when I went to the hospital last Tuesday, basically to say goodbye to John. Right. Uh, I went to the front desk and I said to the nurse, you know, I'm looking for the room of John Schnepp. And she goes, oh, he's a popular one. And and in such a way that I kind of wanted to punch her. But also, yeah, it makes sense because he's also he was a very popular guy. He was a very loved guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I had that experience, too. It was it was the Monday that week. Right. Yeah. Uh, time flies. Time flies. Monday yeah, it was because yeah, I recorded for right. Center and it was Monday. It was Monday. You're and right. Yeah, and so it was a week ago today. Side note, and, and it's like you go up there, and I'm like, hey, I'm here to see you know, Schnapp, and she says the same thing. Getting a lot of visitors, visitors today. I wanted to yeah. be like, you work in a hospital. Could you put the math together? Right. Yeah. Before could, you question me on that. Like, right. Like, could you be yeah. a little more yeah. soothing in tone instead yeah. of like, wow, he's got a lot of friends. Yeah. Forty people have walked in here. Think about it. Yeah. But yeah. that aside, we we that, that was that was very tough. But Holly, I I, I can't. Uh, they always say you find the strength when you you know you don't find it until you get there. I guess. Yeah. And I this is this is it's been uh, you know very tough and, and hard on her but to see her kind of be be there for others in a way of hey i know you need to grieve in your way too so let mm-hmm. me help you along my path while she also 
deals with her stuff. And I, and I know she said that on, said something like that on the live uh, movie talk you guys mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Um, which I, was a, a very cathartic thing. Yeah. Um, it was good. I, I unfortunately couldn't get over you there. I was very glad you and the, and the and TV the, talk crew. Yeah. It was, um, got to go. It was, it was a nice thing. One to, you know, to share a moment and be together with a lot of people that love John. Um, yeah. And, you know, I tweeted out like last week that a lot of people grieve in their own kind of way. And yeah, I said that, I said it on the movie talk and I'll say it again. It's nice that we do have so much footage of John that we can go back and watch. And a lot of people have been posting their favorite John Schnepp clips. And I, I mean, I got to tell you, man, uh, I, I, and this, and I, I don't want this to come across like this, that I'm like promoting my own show. Right. Right. But I, the, the most genuine conversation that I had with John on camera mm-hmm. was on my show. And he told a lot of really cool stories about Metalocalypse and about, yeah. you know, uh, Metallica and, and all these like crazy metal things. And we lived in Chicago and it was just a very honestly funny conversation. Yeah. And if you ever got it, you know, when we would sometimes after yeah. Heroes, if we were when we were at Collider in the yeah. old office. Yeah. Uh, at that big table, that big, big conference table. The table. Center, yeah. He would come out and just start talking to somebody. And he, I'd be like, I can't get work done. And I would just go <laughs> talk to him. I would just go talk to him. And, you know, the one thing that, that I didn't say on the movie talk yeah. is that he was such a big teddy bear of a human. Mm-hmm. And he loved those cinnamon toast bagels from Panera. Oh, yeah. And he would bring them to the office probably once every couple of weeks. And I listen, I love bagels, but I know what bagels do to my midsection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. When he brought in those those cinnamon toast bagels, I couldn't say no to the big man. I right. couldn't say no to my stomach, and I couldn't say right. no to the big man. I was so excited to eat those bagels with him because he was such a boy. It's such a boyish <laughs> charm over something so simple as a cinnamon bag, a cinnamon toast bagel from uh, uh, pizza, uh, cookies, little things yeah. like that. Yeah, those are the little moments I'll always remember. Yeah, and, and Schnepp was so big of a personality on air and off air. He was mm-hmm. for himself, and I, I'm glad because Holly mentioned it on that Collider show, and it was good because. You know, John was 51 years young and yeah. so soon, but he had this whole other career and this media discussion world sprung up and he was one of the early personalities that uh, that brought credibility to it. Yeah. Like it was like this is a guy who directed things. He has a resume. And I think a lot of times um, as, as the media discussion world has gone on, the next generations, a lot of people, this is what they aspire to do and they go to do it, which is great. Yeah. But for a lot of us. Ellis Harloff, uh, you, me, uh, a lot of the original Smokes crew, and and um, you know Emma Fife was a, th- a theater major. Mm-hmm. You know Clark as a, as an actor, uh, an actor. I, I try not to say actress anymore. Yeah. An actor, um, uh, Grace. Even and, uh, we had a lot of uh, we had a life before this. Right, I well, sold scripts and scripts you, and, and stand up sketch and comedy, and you know, pro wrestling. And understandably, people just go, oh, you're the people that talk about movies. Right. And a lot of times, sometimes it's an insult. Right. Uh, other times, it's just, oh, my gosh, they love you. Schnepp had this life, this career. Yeah. I prolific. know people. My friend Dave, my old roommate, knew Schnepp in like 2001, 2002, three range, I think, mm-hmm. maybe, because they worked together at Titmouse uh, Tit Animation. Titmouse. Titmouse. Titmouse Animation. Titmouse is a different place. It's yeah, uh, off the 15 one. in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. On, on the way to uh, Hesperia. <laughs> Titmouse Animation, and they and he, knew he had him an from office there. there. Yeah, he knew him back in 2000, 2003, yeah. and knew him from that. And so his his life's work is so big, yeah. it's so long, and and, and and it's 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 a whole for sure. It's a whole it, sure it's, for sure. Yeah. But I I grieve a little differently than other people. My thing is like let's let's pour a drink, let's look to the mm-hmm. skies, and let's keep doing it. Yeah, because I I mean I always say, I don't I don't want people to like to mourn. Yeah. I want people to celebrate my life. Celebrate. Like if I when I die and yeah. when you know 
I, like I always say, I want a, a night at Barney's Beanery in yeah. West Hollywood or at the saloon in Mount Lebanon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I just want to take care of the tab or both. Just yeah. I'll take care of the tab that night. Whoever yeah. wants to come and drink for free on me, celebrate shots of Jack, Jameson, whatever you drink. Just come it, and celebrate with me. Put it in your will to take care of it. Yeah, you know, the last time I saw John, now, you know, you and I became freelancers when it comes to Collider. Our yeah. employment changed. And even then, you know... Which I, is a bummer because I didn't get to see those people every day. Yeah, that you didn't was get to see them every day. That's what you missed. Yeah. And so life, we, we, even if you're listening right now and you're not in, say, the entertainment field or anything... The people that you work with become your friends and family, whether you want to or not. You see yeah. them more than even sometimes your own family. For sure. And you have a tendency, I wrote about this on my blog the day he passed, where it's like, I had a final conversation with him that I would, I, I don't know why we had it. You know what I mean? Because it normally would be, I came out, I was walking down the alley behind Collider, he mm-hmm. popped out, and I was waiting for Mark Riley. Mark Riley was delayed by 10 minutes for a meeting. And normally it would have been a case of, hey, John, hey, Ken, how you doing? Good, bye, got to, got to go, I got to go. That's how that's how life works, right? right? We decided to sit and talk while I was waiting. He was like, hey, man, how you doing? And and, and, he, and he knew, you know, what had happened. He was very unhappy that what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he understood. He was one of the first people to reach out to me. Yeah, he, really he understood was. the business of what happened, and this yeah. isn't about that. But he was so supportive. But we talked, and I was so, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this career change. I'm struggling with not having a job and everything. And, and he talked to me about, value and finding your value and this is he goes i could go back to an editing suite or directing an animated show but i wouldn't be happy i found this voice and i found that people like to hear what i have to say and you kind of have to accept that mm-hmm. and it's tough we we don't want to accept things and he sat there and just told me man why he, why he had some snack he was yeah. nibbling on some he's like you you got something that people want to hear and you gotta you gotta understand that, yeah. And accept your value, and that was it. Then he was like, "All right, man, I'll let you go. I know Riley's coming out." And and I said, "Thanks, John. I'll see you again." That was the last time I I, I talked to him. That was maybe three weeks prior yeah. to what happened. And I'll cherish that forever. I um, it's a nice thing that your texts don't get erased, mm. because I went back and I looked at old emails and I looked at old texts yeah. from John, and um, they were. They were great. Yeah. And he always said really nice things to me. And uh, I, I said it on, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't go into, into detail on movie talk because there was right. a lot of people talking things. But I got to, I got the privilege every Friday during Film HQ to pick up John Schnepp uh, in yeah. the morning, 7 a.m. Right uh, and early. Usually I picked him up about 7.15, 7. 15, he, would, he would, I would always text him like 7.08, <laughs> right? Because um, he lives by me. Yeah. And um I, I got to tell you, I loved doing that show, uh, but the one thing that I missed the most was picking up Schnepp every morning. Yeah. I didn't miss waking up or anything. I just I missed picking up Schnepp because I really enjoyed having a, a just a very honest, genuine conversation with him for seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was seven minutes, but I, I got Schnepp for myself to myself for seven minutes, yeah. and it was really cool. And I don't think I think there's a lot of people out there that wish they they had one seven minute conversation right. with Schnepp. Mm-hmm. And he was all he told me the same kind of thing that he was telling you. He's like, you know, McCooks, you've got you do something really cool. You know, you've got a talk show. You have a funny voice. You're very honest. And he was always like very complimentary and almost meta yeah, yeah. to a certain extent of like, hey, man, like keep being awesome. Yeah. And that really just it, it's something that stays with you. Uh, and, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, going forward as a human being, as people of this earth is you always want to kind of. I, I always think is I, I would like to walk away from every exchange I have with people and they remember it in some way, even right. if it's the littlest thing that 
that that we were kind, that we were honest, that we gave them, you know, that that we pay it forward yeah. in some way. And I don't I don't think Schnepp ever thought of it in that way. No, no. And I, and I don't think that, but it just that's the kind of thing. You know, yeah, Schnepp being Schnepp was a was a statement. Yeah. you know what I mean. I produced yeah. I produced heroes, and at times I I I I choose to be honest about this. At times I was frustrated. Sure, Schnepp was Schnepp, yeah. and he wanted to do what he wanted to do. But you you would he always fit Schnepp in an hour. You couldn't fit Schnepp in an hour, and there would be moments of just like, hey, come on, John. And at the end of the day, you're like, but this is Schnepp is Schnepp, and he yeah. knows who he is. He knows what he wants, yeah. and then you had to kind of just admire it, yeah. and that's what we did. And then, then there was those little moments. I, uh, you and I talked about the live show, and someone asked from the crowd, like, share a schnep memory. I wish I could give you some big, giant memory mm-hmm. of John. Other than, you know, last conversation, I was great, and I'll cherish that, but it was those little moments. Yeah. It was the scrimpy screams and everything <laughs> that happened off air just as much as on air. Yeah. Got me a Christmas gift one year, some original Return of the Jedi stuff. He got me the ugliest shirt in the world. Ugliest shirt in the world. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's still there in your mind, and that's the key. So we felt on the afternoons we wanted to talk about it. If you guys have some memories too, as fans, favorite moments, you can find us uh, on Twitter, sharing with us using using the hashtag the afternoons with Josh and Ken, so we can find you and find this conversation. And we, Josh, are going to remain forever sweating. (laughs) Absolutely, I'm sweating right now. Sweating right now. But let's talk. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's content create in the honor of John Schnepp <laughs> with something I don't think he really ever fully enjoyed and would love talking about it. Uh, nonetheless, if you if you were passionate about it, he'd listen. And that's some sports. Let's talk some sports. Uh, you know, Ken, yeah. we had a great... Uh, listen, I loved our World Cup preview. I loved we our World Cup conversations. Really detailed job on that. We we really did our research. We hit all of the major players, uh, you know, Chicharito and Ronaldo yeah. and... Uh, the guys that for from the places yeah. and yeah, uh, and we neither of us picked the correct team. No, congrats to France, Francais. El Français, Voulez-vous uh, Français? Yeah, uh, Croque Madame, uh, Croissant, um, and and their victory. I was hoping for Belgium in the end there or England. I really kind of wanted England. A lot England of people behind England. I, England, I yeah. was in, but a lot of hooligans. Can today, the day that we're recording, Tuesday, right. July the twenty fourth is the 35th anniversary of the George Brett Pine Tar incident. Ooh, New York Yankees, Yankee Stadium craziness. Versus the Kansas City Royals, and obviously I'm a huge Kansas City Royals yeah. fan, uh, at least from that era, because of Bo Jackson. As a big Bo yep. Jackson fan who didn't join the team till a little bit later. 86, so Brett, what would be 83? 83. Pine, pine yeah. Tar? Yeah, gotcha. Um, and uh, it's, it's one of the most iconic to take a word from Hal Rudnick, iconic, uh, sports moments in history, mostly because George Brett running out of that dugout in anger <laughs> is funny, but did you ever notice how George Brett runs? He's got a really oh, yeah. wide gate. It was an angry run. Yeah, I mean, it's like a run. bear running at you or yeah. like a, you ever been on a golf course and seen a goose attack somebody when geese are <laughs> mad, they'll come at you hard, Ken. And I, that's what, that's what George Brett was doing. I've had a a goose chase me uh, at a lake feeding ducks bread, you know, yeah. with a family. Let's yeah. go feed the ducks. Goose, yeah. goose came after goose. Now you were probably six. Uh, I was about, I wasn't watching. Yeah, I was about seven, seven in 19, July 24th, 1983. But uh, shortly by 87 is when I really started getting into baseball. Got it. Okay. And this was already cemented in our brains yeah. as one of the great incidents of baseball. 
I remember being probably six or seven years old. I mean, because, you know, much later. And I remember seeing a highlight of that on TV. And I said to my dad, I said, Dad, why is he so mad? Why is he angry? It was a highlight of it. My dad goes, oh, you know, pine tar. Back in the day, they weren't allowed to use this pine tar. And it couldn't go above the bat. And, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, wow, he seems really upset. And my dad, with a a great line, said, well, if somebody was trying to take something away from you, wouldn't you be mad? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I guess so, Dad. I didn't really. Just so simple. That's how your dad used used it as a teaching lesson. A life lesson, yeah. So the incident happens. George Brett hits a home run in the top of the uh, ninth inning with two outs. Yeah. A two-run home run to put the Royals ahead. I think it was off Goose Gossage. I'm reading a little bit about it, but a lot of this is in my memory. Um, Tim McClellan was the umpire. The Yankees, Billy Martin's the manager. They come out, and they were holding this in their back pocket. They knew that George Brett's pine tar crossed like the 18-inch right. thing. So this is one of those things like, we're going to wait till he but does something. But he's not using the pine. That's the funny thing. It's, it's like, you don't use, it doesn't matter. one of those old little regulations, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like and Deflategate. It is. It's like Deflategate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they come up, they were umps, confine Billy Martin, who's a very passionate individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Played by John Turturro in the John ESPN miniseries. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a great miniseries, yeah, too. fantastic. Anyways, the umpire, Tim McClellan, says, yep, calls him out, and Brett... George Brett's on the bench. He's talking with his Royals. He's got the Yucking classic up. chaw. And he's telling, he says later on, he goes, I'm telling them, telling my teammates, if they call me out, I'm going to, like, murder somebody. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. And that is what happens. It is one of the all-time anger <laughs> moments in sports. Don't recommend it if you're a little leaguer. Yeah. Don't be that angry. No. But it Man. was great. And then they the game got held up. Yeah. And they had to finish it in August. In front of like 500 people at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> Don Mattingly played second base in that ninth inning. Yeah, uh, I believe they replayed it. Interesting. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. He was Don Mattingly was talking about it this morning. I think on Rich Eisner, maybe Dan yeah. Patrick, and yeah, it's just a it's a cool thing. Uh, I it's one of those those sports memories that uh, whenever somebody says like, "Do you have any baseball memories for whatever?" and I'm like, "Yeah, Sid Bream <laughs> sliding into home, George yes. Brett running out of a dugout, yeah. uh, Jim Edmonds making that diving oh, backwards yeah. catch in the." Outfield might have been one of the biggest one. Yeah, Bo Jackson uh, breaking his the bat over his knee and throwing out Harold Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Bonds hitting that home run against the, the Angels in that World Series when World everybody Series. was shocked by yes. how far he hit it. Yep. Uh, and I weirdly enough, for me, a base baseball memory. I was at a game that A Rod went three for three with three home runs and one of them was a grand slam. But that's just a baseball, and it was an yeah. old Yankee Stadium. Okay. That's just a baseball memory for me. Oh, but I'm did, talking like all time, all time. The ones those are ones that stick. The ones you either the ones you saw in person are like I. My first major league game was the Padres at Jack Murphy Stadium against okay. the Pirates. Padres, oh. Padres won four to three in the bottom of the tenth inning on a Chris Brown single up the center. There you go. Jose Lean hit his second and final home run of the season that year. Remember <laughs> that stuff. I remember an Angel Yankee game in 1989 when Claudel Washington made a great catch. Yeah. Um, 1989, summer of 89, I've talked about it with you. I saw Bo Jackson, Homer, in the Kingdom. Oof. Saw George Britt play, one of my favorite players. And yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's, But I remember watching, you know, uh, oh, I was in person. I was there in the stadium for Oral Hershiser's last inning. Really? He retired essentially on the mound. Wow. And it was really sad to watch this. The Bulldog, man, yeah, the greatest pitcher, off. one of the greatest pitchers of the 80s against the St. Louis Cardinals, and he walked. I don't know the official stats. Someone can look it up. He walked like seven batters and hit two batters and could not even get the ball. It like it went that fast, man. Oh, and he was in like 41, 42, like my age. It's scary yeah. now. He just, it just stopped. And the whole crowd, 50,000 people, because Cardinals, I think McGuire was still playing, 
And it was like the whole stadium went like, oh, collectively. Walked off the mound, big stand ovation. That was it. He was done. Wow. So I was there for that. I was there for Greg Maddox and Jeff Kent's last game against the Phillies at a playoff game. Yeah. They retired after the offseason. But yeah, I you know what the one I remember the most uh-huh. was Kirk Gibson's home run, 88 World Series. That's the A's. iconic, yeah. Watched that live at an A's hat on. Yeah. I was Whoa. playing for the Little League A's. Okay. Royal Grande Valley Little League. A's are playing hot baseball right they're, now, too. Yeah, they're playing hot. Yeah. And I hated uh, the Dodgers back then. I okay. love the A's. And eventually, that was switched because the A's kept beating up my Yankees in yeah. the late 80s, early 90s. That's and I watched it live, yeah. man. Vince Gully. Interesting. She is gone. That's awesome. In a year that has seen the improbable, <laughs> the impossible has happened. Do you think that Vince Scully does that for everything he does? I have, uh, he's, uh, I, one of my. Like his wife makes a great meal and he's like, <laughs> yeah. you didn't think I, the meatloaf could be this I good. I think it's, it's a, well, we're here for the pregame stats and stories of this meal coming up after this. It's the time. green beans were overdone. Dodger baseball. I used to do a Vin Scully thing in yeah. my standup and I, 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 I would have to write it out and memorize it because yeah. it was, you know, how, like how Vin Scully, when he talks, uh, or, you know, when he yeah. was in the thing and he'd be like, um, <clears throat> Dodgers top of two, two outs coming up to bat uh, a, a Husky kid from, uh, b- I believe, a Royal Grande, Cal- <laughs> California. His hey. family's two away. No, like, he, yeah, you know, yeah. and he could he could oh, do yeah. he'd be like. Uh, coming up to to bat a, a long hitter, Jose Canseco, fresh leave with the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, last year he drove a convertible, one out, uh, to, you know, and yes. he would just it won away, ball in the dirt, and he could just like he would rattle off this story, and yeah. then he'd be like, uh, deep fly ball, right center field, he's yeah. got it, inning over, inning brought to you by Johnsonville Brats. <laughs> if you're gonna get a brat, the brat to buy Johnsonville. Quintessential baseball without man. a breath, without a breath, without a breath. Uh, baseball on the radio is 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 something pure, it's something great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, we got great announcers now, but just uh, after a while, you, Jack you, Buck, Jack, listen to old Jack Buck. He's the late great Jack Buck, and so his call of Gibson's home run is almost as 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 personally a favorite to me as as, as Scully's really on TV because so he's on the radio on CBS Radio and he calls it and he's the one. Uh, he's got the one uh, where he says, uh, that's the, I don't believe what I just saw. Right, I right, don't right. believe what I just saw. It's one of the great calls. On two bad legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and his call, Buck's call, the 91 World Series, when uh, Kirby Puckett on uh, game six wins it, and we go to a game seven, and Buck's simple call of, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah. One of the best ones. That's it. Simple. Simple, and you don't see the personality and voices anymore. No. And it's not the fault of any announcer. I don't have a perfect announcer voice. Yeah. So I don't. I, I wish I should do, be doing VO, but I don't have that. Roger, our friend Roger Craig Smith has yes. this when he wants to. You yeah. know, John Bailey, those classes. I, I think I'd be would have been a great baseball announcer in the sixties. Agreed. Agreed. You know. Yeah. Time is definitely. Fast. And Vince Scully, it'd be crazy. Scully is calling games as of late as what last year he retired. Mm-hmm. It's so a 2017 season, and he saw baseball. He was calling it in the in the 40s. He started with the Dodgers. He's, he's no, Can I think late. It was like 49. Could you so imagine 67 years behind a microphone? Could you the changes that you've seen yeah. in the game, outside of the game? Yeah. What a career, Sammy Sosa. Oh yeah, from I a saw, black guy to a weirdly white guy. I saw, I saw Sosa when he still looked like Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Win a game against the Dodgers. That toe tap. Oh yeah, you man. Knew he it. was. You knew it. 
Talk about, you know, some of those steroid era guys that maybe never tested positive, but definitely yeah. were on them, you know, like Sammy Sosa, those guys, when you saw him, I saw Mark McGuire that, that year he made the 70 home runs. Yeah. I saw him twice in Pittsburgh because my, my buddy Max Young was obsessed with Mark McGuire. The sound of the ball coming off that man's bat in batting practice Something was else. unlike anything I've ever heard. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Oh, and yeah. speaking of the Cardinals, last night, did you see this guy? It is Ponce de Leon. That's yes. his last name. Ponce, de, last Ponce name. de Leon. He's a he's a Spanish explorer. Yes. But he's Spanish also a explorer. pitcher for the Cardinals. Took a ball off the face in minor league baseball last year. Was right. unconscious. They put him in a medically induced coma. Oof. A year later, he pitches seven innings of no-hit baseball. Right. His first start, right? First start in the majors. Seven innings, no-hit baseball. He's wearing the uh, the clear Oakleys to guard his guard face. face. Uh, I, I and think it, you're going to start seeing more pitchers yeah. start to wear, by the way. And he's all, apparently also, there's a, when you're looking behind him, mm-hmm. you are seeing clear, but when the sun is coming in, it like dilutes it. So it doesn't hurt your eyes and your brain because uh, he was having, you know, he had like, issues, I mean, yeah. it hit the ball, hit him and it gave him a brain yeah. hemorrhage. Yeah. Seven innings, no hit baseball. I mean, come on. Those, those stories in sports are yeah. unlike anything you hear. Uh, it's you just really sports. cool. Sports, yeah. you know, not sports isn't for everybody, but uh, we're going to talk about we it We get a lot sweaty here. over sports. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about the afternoons because yeah. it's part of our passion there. So yeah, congratulations to Ponce de Leon. And and uh, to stay on the, f- uh, of good last names, a guy by the name of Francesco Molinari won the British Open, a yeah, tubby yeah. little Italian man. I said to, I said to uh, Mark, he's calling, he's like, what's happening with Tiger? I'm down getting an iced tea. I'm still at Comic-Con. I said, Francesco Molinari is going to win. This tubby little Italian is going to win the US <laughs> He's like, well, I'm speaking to a tubby little Italian. I was like, you're a real asshole. Hey. You know that? You hey, know that right. But yeah, first Italian to ever win a major championship. Pretty, uh, in uh, anything? Pretty, in anything. In any uh, Not golf. counting box, boxing. No, golf. Oh, just golf. Just okay. golf. <laughs> there, I think some Italians have won a tennis yeah, major, they, maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Jennifer Capriotti? No, she was American. She was American. Jennifer Italian Capriotti. I had a yeah. huge crush on Capriotti. Oh, she was cute. I had a huge crush on Capriotti. Amanda Kutzer, who was a five foot two player from I South Africa, her. and Mary Pierce, who was like a uh, French player but like yeah. born in America, had one of those like really weird like aggressive fathers, uh-huh. like sports fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, always had a thing yeah. for I, for whatever reason. I had a big thing for Martina Hingis. Martina Hingis, <laughs> you remember Martina? No, Hingis? she was she was all the rage yeah. man around yeah. the time with Monica Seles uh-huh. before the unfortunate stabbing incident. Yeah, yeah they were going to be at Martina Hingis. Yeah, yeah, yeah the tennis. The female tennis stars of the 90s. I used to watch tennis. I love Steffi Graf, too. Steffi Graf. I used to watch tennis just as much as I watched baseball. I was so into tennis. Female tennis was awesome. Yeah, all of it. But but the female, they were just, the matches, it was much more intriguing. Yeah. The, you know, Sampras and all these guys, when they would dominate, they would dominate. It was dominate. And yeah. Agassi, those good guys. Ag- yeah. Agassi I liked because he wasn't always perfect, you know? Right. He had to come back after he cut the hair and he started getting more you know, serious. His uh, last run at the U.S. Open... Yeah. When he played that five set masterpiece and won, I think it was in the quarterfinals. Right. He didn't win the U.S. Open that year. But I was living in New York at the time and somebody's like, hey, I'm going out to the U.S. Open. This Agassi matches tonight. Do you want to go? And I said, I got to work. Can't mm. go. It, it was his second last match ever at the U.S. Open. It was a five set masterpiece that yeah. he won. And then he beat like a guy that was ranked way ahead of him. But this is everybody's like, oh, he won this five set mega thing. He's going to win it. This is going to thing. And then he lost in the semifinals. But I missed that match. I had I had a ticket offer and I didn't you go. You good to play? That's that's a tragedy. You good to yeah. play tennis actually on the court? I'm not. But I Ben okay and I played a lot of pickleball over vacation. Pickleball, you. your damn pickleball! I'm telling you, I'm into life. this pickleball. It's the fastest growing sport in the United States. I don't believe you. It's great. We Even could play more it. than soccer. It's 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 exercise ping pong. Until it gets on the PS4, I don't recognize it as an <laughs> official sport. It's basically Wii tennis. That's our look at sports here. There you go. Afternoons, Josh. Let's go to news of the world. 
News of the world. Three Can minutes of politics. Three minutes and go. I, I don't know what's going on. I've got nothing. I, I think that we... Uh, I, I know our president uh, threatened Iran versus Twitter from Twitter via Twitter. Not versus Twitter, via Twitter. He uh, He's uh, Ronnie Rons. Ronnie uh, Rons and the Ron Band. And the Ron Band. By the way, uh, people are still researching Yeah, that. We haven't heard anything yeah. yet from any any fans. There was, it, hey, there was a fan at the live show that uh, had a ca- uh, afternoon's t-shirt. That was Andy. Andy, he's that's, awesome. That's the guy who goes to uh, stores. The guy's awesome. And tricks people into looking for mochi. Love talk. that guy. Andy yeah. B. Nerdy, I think, big, is his name big, on Twitter. Yeah, a big tall guy. It's huge. Big tall guy. Real tall. Uh, you, were, you are the brute squad. I yeah. Was, I almost said to him. But he was good there. It was great. Yeah, um, yeah so he's uh, threatening around. All caps. The president's using all caps on Twitter. That's not what I recommend. Has anybody ever thought just take Twitter away? Well, you remember when, so when Barack Obama got elected, there was a little store, couple stories going around, because this was 2008, and they said the president is going to have to turn in his smartphone, and I'm paraphrasing, don't get, if I'll get it wrong. It was a BlackBerry probably back then. BlackBerry, because he loved to text. Yeah. Because it's 2008. It's prevalent, but not as prevalent. You know, maybe not all the... It's about to explode. Yeah, it's about to explode. Uh, Yeah, I remember, like, I had one friend who Once the iPhone was everybody had it, texting was... Because I I had my little Nokia where I had to go dig, 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 press, like, three buttons to get to one letter. But they said, uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama loves to text and email. And now, because of presidential records and, like, everything, that he's probably going to have to turn on his phone and can't text again until he's out of the office. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's got to be, that's hard. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that, the, what rules changed and all this stuff. You would think now tweeting would have to be official presidential record. Yeah. Apparently not. Including all caps threats yeah. to Iran. All that. <laughs> Afterwards. Have you been watching this Who is America shirt, uh, show with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen? With Sasha Baron Cohen? I have not. I'm not a huge Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I sometimes find his stuff to be very funny, and sometimes yeah. I find it to just be like, all right, I get it. Uh, I Borat, I laughed a lot. Yes, and including the naked fighting. Yeah, I said I had I had uh, I, in, I was next to Wood in Wood Ranch in okay. Burbank with the guy, the the actor Ken's his name. Oh think, yeah, who played the the his like the fat, guy. fat manager guy yeah, that yeah, they yeah. restaurant. He was in in a restaurant. He nice. owns like a deli here in L.A. <laughs> he does look like a deli. Yeah, owner. he owns it. He's more known for that than we oh. got in that role. They were like, oh, it's so good that my deli owner <laughs> got. Anyways, um. You're a butcher. I, I I I think he's talented. I'm not taking this. This is an anti-Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen rant. I just some of his stuff, even a Borat. It's like you like you just said it perfectly. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I also think you're picking on easy targets, yeah, and you're not giving me fooling people. You're you're really sometimes when yeah. you're put in that situation, like all these cameras are rolling, you have to do this, and then they make you do it, and you yeah. do it. Like I understand that you're like you're kind of taking the low hanging fruit at some point. You are, but. Well, it's like it's like here you're pulling you're putting this elaborate ruse on where yeah. not just you as an actor are in a costume playing a character, right. but the crew, the producers, everyone is tricking you, the mark. Yeah. And then when you get tricked, they're like, "Ha ha, what an idiot!" Yeah. Well, okay, maybe you just tricked somebody. Yeah, they tried to trick Ted Koppel and he wouldn't go for it. Wouldn't he was go like, for "You're it? an idiot." It's because no. Ted Koppel, yeah, because he's a smart, smart man. man. Smart yeah. man. So, anyways, long story short, haven't watched it, Josh. Okay, well, that's our politics. <laughs> Three minutes of politics. That's ah, all we really ah, had about. Uh, Ken, I yeah. think it's time. We haven't done uh, Don't Judge Me since last show. Well, don't judge me for that. And uh, I, I, I'm not judging you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken, I'm thinking that I'm, tr- I'm what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to support my wife, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to not drink during weekdays. Oh, this is good. 
I I'm, no. I'm, I I don't want to judge you. Okay, but why do you feel well? Because this I've been is like worthy at, of being judged. I've you know somebody said, hey, let's go out for drinks. Like, well, I'm not really drinking. Like I said, I went to the drinks. I was like, I'm just gonna have a water. But it's great to sure. see you. Like I'm not drinking during the week right now. Right. Da, 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 da. But I feel like that person now that's like, oh, I'm on a cleanse and I can't do this oh, now. You I'm feel bad about like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm on my cleanse and I'm going to CrossFit. I'm not even like I'm not CrossFitting. I just I I exercise whatever. I'm gonna sure. soon to be jaws or sizing. And uh, later in a bit, yeah. yeah. And but the, I, I anytime like, why did we go for drinks? We could have gone for something else. I was like, well, because I don't want to go to a full meal right. with you. I don't, and I don't want to go to some really expensive restaurant where the food's okay. Yeah, I would just like I could have a water with you. I could have just hang here and have a nice tea, and we can have a nice conversation. It's not like we were going to go out to go blackout. It's not like I'm on a bachelor party. Yes. And I, I also don't want to be that L.A. guy's like, oh, I don't drink during the weekday. It's tough. It's tough. I know what you mean. Because mm. as someone who didn't drink till was 26, I lost friendships. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a couple, a guy named Andrew Friedman. You watch you watch uh, Glow season two? Yeah. He's the, the local TV executive oh. with a little uh, little skunk mark in his hair. And he yeah. leaves the room in that episode where Allison Breeze in the yes. hotel room. Yes. That's, that's an old friend of mine named oh. Andrew Friedman. Okay. We're in the groundlings together. Okay. And he was a real nice guy. He was yeah. one of the only guys who would drive out to Canoga Park to, to write a sketch with me. Okay. But I, I remember one time he was like, hey, a couple of us after the show uh, or after per- rehearsal today, we're going to get some drinks. You want to join us? And I was like, I don't I don't drink. And he just kind of was like, well, you know, I mean, I think the, the fellowship's more the point. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I, I don't drink. And I uncomfortably drove away. Yeah. And I always make. I, then we were never close friends after See, that. Yeah, you know, and and some other. And so I, think I it's more about bad. the fellowship. You're right. I, I feel bad. Here's what I propose. Okay. I know what you're feeling because you okay. don't want to be that person. Right. I think we need to start a movement to say instead of, "Hey, our friend Owen, you want to yeah. meet for drinks? Hey, Owen, you want to meet for snacks? Snacks. I, I think like the snack snacks. movement needs to happen. Whatever happened to a good snack bar? <laughs> snack bar. Remember. That's what you need. Let's meet at the old snack bar. Come on down to the snack bar. It's a handful of albums and a granola bar. Snack bars. <laughs> That's the tag on That's the song. That's it. Snack bars. You know, Wouldn't it had the menu. It was like a Pepsi menu or a Coke menu. Yeah. The, the lettering was all like, and you had to place it in the thing. Because it was like $2. What do we have? We have, here's the options. Hey, do you want to meet for coffee? Yeah. Do you want to meet for breakfast? Brunch, lunch, lunch, dinner, drinks. Drinks. Occasionally, you'll get a. Would you like to get a dessert? Yeah. An ice cream. I'll go. I'll go. There's a, a yogurt land. There's a drive-through. A pinkberry. Yes. There's a drive-through Baskin Robbins in Burbank. What? It's a, it's a corporate training center. It's got a drive-through Baskin Robbins and a nice-sized eatery. Couple tables inside. I used to go there a lot. But but that that's it seems like it's a lot of options. Would you like to meet and sit in my car? Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like it's a lot of options. But sure. some of dinner sometimes too big. Lunch middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Breakfast brunch. Are we dating? Yeah. I don't know. Coffee. Okay, sure. Same thing. But I think I'm so tired of coffee shops in LA because there are just a lot of homeless people and people home- writing screenplays. One and the same. I would love to text you at like seven o'clock, Josh. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, not much. You want to get a snack? I would love that. Let's get a snack. Yeah. Snack, a snack bar. Yeah. Hey, uh, there's a great snack bar over here. Tons of picnic tables. Yes. Let's go meet for a snack bar. Grab a slushy or uh, a lemonade. A lemonade. Would a, you like, like a frozen, fresh squeezed lemonade? Hi, I'd like your half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich lemonade combo. Yes. Oh, oh man, perfect. that sounds incredible. Perfect I will snack. have your. I will have your hot pocket. 
Yes. Your hot pocket iced tea, raspberry iced tea combo. How long would you like your hot pocket microwave for, sir? Oh, 48 seconds. Four, yeah, please. How powerful is your microwave? Is it set to 10? Is it an industrial microwave? I would like to be back kilowatts? there. Yeah. Oh, oh, we ha- we actually have uh, uh, just rotating burritos or taquitos. Oh, yeah. I'll have three of them. Yeah. Basically, what we're getting at, Ken, is that 7-Eleven needs more of a social aspect to it. If 7-Eleven had, had, picnic a, tables? Had, a, had picnic tables and a place to sit down, In. Y- you would revolutionary, uh, re- Re- you'd revolutionize. revolutionize. It would be revolutionary. You're a, re- you're a revolutionary. You're a revolutionary. We are revolutionizing. Dear God, we just stumbled right, on it. Here we Snack go. Snack bars exist. They're right in front of us. They have a 7 and 11 on it. Ken. Yeah. Here's what it is. Mm-hmm. Hashtag meat for a snack. Okay. Meat for a snack. Hashtag meat for a snack, guys. That's what our new hashtag is. Yeah. Hashtag meat for a snack. Um, that's all you have to say. You don't have to meet for a drink anymore. Meet for a snack. I love it's this. It's not a meal. It's just a little snack. We're going to change the way you socialize. Cheese it's in a Mountain Dew. The Afternoons with Josh and Ken presents hashtag meet for a snack. Cheetos in a brisk. Meet for a snack. It's We're the there. Best. The best. Ken. Uh, do you do this, Josh? What's that? I know, we're, I know we got a special interview coming up Yeah, here. we do. Uh, do you do this? Do you ever to forget me. a song exists? Yeah. And it's something, it's so ingrained in your past, and then something triggers, and suddenly the song is now not only in your brain, it's the f- your most favorite song of all time. Yes. This recently happened today <laughs> when you walked over to my house. Uh-huh. Well, you drove over, well, then yeah. you walked up to it. Walked up to it. And you said, hey, I Get started dancing in. to this song today at the, at the Rock and Roll Ralphs in, in Hollywood. If you, I really want to start a viral video thing like called Guy Dancing in Grocery Guy Stores. Guy Dancing in Grocery Stores? That's me. Store? Keep going. We, Sorry, do you I know we I, should do that here in the afternoon. I digress. Yes, I digress. Um, Bring and that's the song you said. You know the song by Rod Stewart, and I was like, "Well, which which tonight's tonight? Maggie May, Forever Young." You know the one where he's like, oh, "No, the window from the alley down below." Yeah. And I was like, "The Motown song." Yes, yes. The ooh, Motown song. Ooh, ooh. Lyrics recited without permission. Uh, we we were singing along, and and suddenly this song comes out. In 1991, all right, 1991, the Motown song, dizzy. September of 91. You got dizzy? Yeah, I was, I was dancing okay. too hard. Uh, the lyrics go as such, bring over some of your old Motown records. We'll put the speakers in the window and we'll go on the roof and listen to the miracles echo to the alley down below. That's the first stanza that's, of the song. That's this a great lyric. One of the best songs of the early 90s Ooh. with one of the worst videos <laughs> because it's got him in like some early Tracy Ullman Simpson yes. era animation. It's brutal. With the Temptations on this record. Also animated. Yeah. There's a soul in, in the, the city, city watching over us, tonight. I swear. Oh, <laughs> there's a the soul in the city. city. There's a whole world waiting out there. I'm not going to finish uh, I've got a new karaoke song, Ken, and it's this. I've never done karaoke but one time, badly, with Neil Diamond, uh, Sweet Caroline. I would do this one with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Done and done. Scott Mays. Ken, I feel like I'm introducing you to things. Portos. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jaws are size. Yeah. Uh, Doing karaoke with Rod Stewart's Motown song. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm gonna have a man to start start recording me dancing in yeah. the Ralphs. You should. I think I might. I think you should. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I want to thank you because th- I mean, am I the only one that does this that forgets about a song that meant so much? You hear about it suddenly, it's back in your brain. Yep. 
It's, I mean, and I'm gonna as soon as I get in the car, I'm plugging in the phone and I'm listening oh, to the song. You leave the here, whole way home. I'm taking my pants off and I'm turning this song <laughs> on. Only because it's kind of hot in the valley. Today. Uh, hey, oh, uh, Josh, we got a, a big interview here we do. coming up. And then on the other side of the interview, we'll have a Bad Boys 2 moment and wrap up this show yes. here. But let's set up this interview here. What okay. We got? So a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago or so, um, you and I started talking about this product called Jaws or Size. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about our jaw lines and chewing and da-da-da-da-da. And then I found this thing called Jawsercise that it's yes. supposed to help your bite. It takes you back to your primal nature. Yada, it, it, yeah. it, it helps your jawline. Um, it's a mouth workout. Mm-hmm. And you put these Jawsercise, what we were calling Jawsercise balls. Uh, I don't think that's the, the proper term not for the, them. Probably not. Uh, but I reached out to the people at Jawsercise. This is great. Um, I talked to their CEO, Brandon Harris, via right. email. Then right. I talked to him on the phone. They sent us two Jawser size kits. Yep. Some Jawser size hats. Putting this some Jawser size um, hat. Of t-shirts, and the entire thing. Uh, the the whole Jawser size kit. Ken, I'm so excited to start using Jawser size. Yes. It, we got. We had the privilege of talking to their their CEO Brandon Harris on the phone from Hawaii. Yes. He's on Hawaiian time. The guy is awesome. I tell you what, this interview is really, really fun. Uh, I love talking to the guy, and I think yeah. you guys are going to love the interview as well. Exactly. What started as like, not a, not a joke, but just like this comic aside here in the afternoons. Yeah. Let's put these jazzercise things in our mouth has turned into a conversation <laughs> with the CEO, the, the devices in our hands, and you're going to hear us talking about it. We're going to have videos about it. Yep. But uh, hey, this is a fun interview, and listen to it right now here the old-fashioned way on your speakerphone. All right, Afternoons fans, uh, we are here with Brandon Harris. He is the CEO, the creator, the man, the myth, the legend behind Jawsercise. Uh, now, we talked about Jawsercise on the podcast a few weeks ago, yeah. and I reached out, and Brandon and the team at Jawsercise were cool enough. They've sent us uh, some Jawsercise product. We've got hats, we've got shirts, and we've got the most importantly, we've got the Jawsercise. We're super excited about it. Brandon, welcome to the show, bud. Oh, thank you guys so much for having us. I'm uh, I'm super excited to reach out to your fan base and let them know just how awesome Jawsercise is. I'm so intrigued by this because I have been uh, talking to Josh for a while how I'm not happy with my neck, Brandon. And here you have, <laughs> this has been sitting around and I didn't know about it. And Josh is the one that's told me I'm so excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's actually one of the most amazing parts is Originally, Jawsercise was designed to, to strengthen the jaw uh, and, and the face. Well, we didn't really understand how much the bite is incorporated with the muscles in, in the neck. And wow, it is one heck of a neck workout. Like, I mean, you never imagined. <laughs> um, we're So Ken and I talk a lot about... Uh, we, we talk about working out. We talk about all this kind of stuff. Uh, we talk about any different ways that, that we can either define our jawline, our bodies, whatever the case may be. How did how did this all kind of come to fruition? Uh, you told me briefly, but I want the fans to hear the story behind Jawsercise because it's pretty incredible. Your story, the product story, everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm born and raised in Alaska. I was a strong wrestler growing up. Uh, a, a, a broken ankle in my state finals my senior year oh. sort of threw my scholarship off. Can we hear me good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, after that, I jumped into the cage for some mixed martial arts, some ground and pound type of stuff. Uh, I, you know, I always had, since I was 18, I've always had this idea to design something to strengthen the bite, to give you a better bite on your mouthpiece, to help absorb a punch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, it all originated with a thick piece of nylon that I cut into the right diameter. We sort of hollowed it out a little bit so it had a range of motion. 
And eight weeks prior to a bout, I would, I would just essentially gnaw on this thing, just work the biting motion, just strengthening my bite, and I could. It put me in this primal state, like this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely tapping back into the primalness of humans. You know, our processed, cooked, cut up, blended diet has taken out the uh, the bite essentially out of anything. And the canines are designed to bite, rip, and tear. Uh, the master is the strongest pound for pound muscle in the human body. And the average modern diet is not even coming close to testing its uh, true capabilities. So, so as this journey goes on, I, I, I get into, uh, let's see here. A long story short, my youngest brother uh, lost his belt against a rival fight team at a, uh, a, a match in Fairbanks. At the uh, ceremony, the after party at Los Amigos, this uh, restaurant slash bar, uh, we we get heated up. The two teams start uh, beefing it up a little bit. One guy blindsides me to start out this big brawl. Well, somewhere along this uh, half an hour brawl, before the uh, uh, officials show up, I take a bar, I take a stool across the face. Oh my god! I, You're roadhouse. I break, I break my jaw completely through from. Uh, uh, essentially your middle molar on the bottom yeah. to the other side. And my jaw is just hanging off. I'll have to send oh you guys a picture. Uh, this obviously <laughs> no. didn't stop anything that was going on. And we continue through. Long story short, the officials show up. They know me. It's a small town. Mr. <laughs> Harris, come on, settle down. Jump in the ambulance real quick. Let us check you out. I'm like, no, no, no. I know how expensive ambulances are. I'm not getting in there. Oh, Brandon, come on, get in here. We know we're not we're not going to take you anywhere. We're not going to charge you. We just got to look at it and make sure that it's not, you know, too bad. So I get in and they sort of grab my jaw and they sort of wiggle it from side to side, ear to ear. And they're oh like, God. yeah, yeah, it's definitely broke all the way through. <laughs> like, you need to go to the uh, uh, emergency room now. Oh, my like, God. Well, you just so happened to be there was a cab driver, a nice gentleman standing uh, uh, right outside. And I threw the guy an extra $20 tips at the to rush me to the hospital and uh as opposed to a five to eight thousand dollar uh five minute ride to the hospital i i got a little blood in the backseat of the cab but uh, it definitely created a, a memory i guess you could say yeah and yeah so so that continues on i get i get wired up and then i uh i, I moved to hawaii during the recovery time because i just yeah. it's it's fairbanks alaska it's dead of winter we're talking 20 to 24 hours of essentially pitch black darkness Oof. Uh, I just, it's just the worst place to try to recover, let alone you can't eat, you can't, uh, enjoy any hearty meals like you're supposed to eat during these times. Sure. And, and, uh, Hawaii catches my eye. I really fall in love with this little trip and I ended up staying. Well, uh, the jaw, the jaw didn't heal properly. My, my, my mouth wasn't accepting all the metal they left in it. Mm. So next thing you know, my face is about the size of a water balloon on one side. It oh caused an infection and a, and a big old drainage type of, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but there was like <laughs> a, a, a hole in my, below my chin and my neck to where like it was a nonstop uh, dr uh, drain of pus. Oh, well, <laughs> Brandon, well, I know. you're a madman. Okay, all right, uh, all right. I know. Bro, this gets even worse. And then my <laughs> girlfriend at the time's from Alaska. She's coming down to visit. Jeez. Well, that day I'm going in because they're going to remove the metal because they figure, hey, it's causing an infection. We just got to get it out of there. Right. It's going to take us about an hour. They put me under. Well, long story short, this is 7, 8 in the morning. I wake up about 5 uh, p.m. that day. 
what was supposed to be an hour of surgery turned into an eight to ten hour surgery. Oh my they God. had to re-break my jaw. <gasps> they had to realign it, and then they had to rewire it shut. So now I'm uh, I'm sitting <laughs> at the hospital at five p.m. Well, from uh, uh, five o'clock traffic in Oahu is a pain. Yeah. Well, let alone uh, the the girlfriend lands about six p.m. Uh, at the airport, uh, maybe thirty minutes or so from there. <laughs> I have a uh, a, a, a Mustang supercharged, uh, uh, freak, I can't even think what it was called. Kenny Bell supercharged. Either way, I had a bad boy Mustang. Okay. I tell these guys, I got to go. They're like, no, 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 you're under so much medication right now. You can't leave for at least 24 hours. So, you know, I think quick and I say, you know, what's up? Can I uh, go down to the cafeteria and grab, uh, and grab something to eat? And they're like, oh, you know, you can't even eat your mouth fired shut. But we'll have the we'll have the security guards take you down there. So I'm in my little gown, right? <laughs> and uh, I grab my sh- my shirt or whatnot that I had, and, and and they wheelchair me downstairs. Well, we get up towards the line of the cafeteria, and I, I act like my phone's ringing, right? So I jump up to take. Oh, I gotta take this phone call. <gasps> I circle around this pillar, and I just dip. I just take off full <laughs> and and. Uh, uh, I'm in the parking garage. I'm on the fifth floor of the parking garage. I have in mind, uh, I have a supercharged Mustang with bucket seats, <laughs> and uh, I'm a little bit loopy from my jaw being rewired shut. Yeah, I'd say. But but, but safe to drive in my mind. I, w- I wasn't doing any, anything illegal, of course. Okay. And, sure. and uh, so next thing you know, I'm in 5:30 traffic in this uh, race car, <laughs> and I, I make it to the airport uh, maybe 20 minutes late, and uh, my gown still. And, <laughs> So sorry to get off on the stintage of no, how, this is uh, a great story. Story here, but so then it's back to the recovery process. My master, my facial muscles, the it, that one side was just so much bigger than the other. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever had your face out of proportion. That's the first thing somebody sees in you is sure. uh, is your face proportional. You know, it's just something we're trained genetically to look at. Where we, uh, you know, look for people to breed with, or I don't know, I don't know the science on it. But all I know is it, it definitely was a uh, detrimental to my self-esteem, to yeah. my self-confidence, and so time goes on. I'm thinking to myself, hey, this there's actually more of a reason to take a punch to the face. You know, there's other people in my situation. There's other people, you know, in general who just want to strengthen the face. Mm-hmm. So we go into a patent search. We check out what's out there in the world. We get, uh, you know, 46 patents that are in this area of stuff to do. We, we take them apart. And then we just design the jaws size in a, uh, you know, it's a food-grade silicone with multiple levels of resistance, different ranges of motion. They're using a custom fit in the comfort of your own home. Mm. It's just uh, so much simpler than we ever imagined. It's, it, it, the reality is you're just working the biting motion the eccentric motion, the static holds. And, and, and then I guess that's where I go from next is now we're in this long, about year and a half battle of prototyping, trying to figure out what's something that we can mass produce. That's going to last. It's going to be safe. And, uh, that's where we came up with jaws size homemade prototype about, Oh, uh, two years, 26, 27 months ago. Okay. Well, with that homemade, with that homemade prototype, we we launched a Kickstarter. I believe it was July fifteenth through August fifteenth of two thousand sixteen. We asked for ten thousand dollars. We get fully funded at sixteen thousand four hundred. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it went it went smooth. I mean, it was definitely a 
uh, painstaking uh, learning process. I mean, I've never been really an entrepreneur or, mm. or ran my own business essentially. And when you promise a bunch of people a bunch of things, and then it's uh, everything's behind schedule as in normal in life. Sure. I definitely uh, uh, learned to under promise, over deliver, as opposed to doing vice versa. Sure. And uh, okay, so so the que- the question. So we read the. Um the, uh, the the instructions here. So we have to boil this for about twenty seconds, and then do we we hold it in our mouth in order to just get like the shape of our mouth? Is that the is that the, the yeah, process? That's it. Essentially, you look at jaws or size, so you see which sides top and bottom, right? There's more yeah. of a uh, a material on the top side for the roof of the mouth, right? So okay. that's how you, first you decide for top and bottom. Then gotcha. the tongue plate is what your tongue press and rests against, right? So that's the backside. So jaws or size goes outside of the mouth. Okay. Mm. Well, do a couple dry fits, right? So just practice. Okay, that's how I bite in the center of the strips. Gotcha. Uh, that's how wide it takes. About 50% pressure. You don't want to just bite in and chomp in and flatten these molds. Like, you want to just, you boil for 20 to 25 seconds. Okay. The molds then soften. Well, then you pull with the necklace from hot water. You shake off the excess oh, hot water. Gotcha, gotcha. You look in the mirror, and you just sort of you just sort of biting on about fifty percent pressure, just enough to where your teeth can go in and make a mold. I don't know if you ever fit a regular mouthpiece, but mm-hmm, it's yeah. the same thing. You don't just take a mouthpiece, boil it, and then bite it as hard as you can. You know, it's you're just biting, just make these indentations, and then once you get a proper mold that you're happy with, you pull it out, you look at it. Okay, that looks good. You sort of press on the outside of the ball to make sure the strips aren't they didn't flatten out. You keep them to keep the roundness of the unit, and then you cool under cold water to permanently set. Okay. And, and when I say permanently set, no, then it's it's just set. Okay. You can always rewarm back up and remold. Okay. You know, three to five times isn't an issue as long as you don't overboil these things. You don't want to torch them to where they become, uh, yeah, you know, not usable essentially. Okay. And then basically we're, we start with blue for about like a month or so. Like what, what's your ideal? What, what would be the yeah, ideal? What do you, what do you suggest? Well, that's, that's, that's the recommended use because when I send this out to the masses, I got to think of the person who has already jaw issues possibly and who doesn't have a strong bite and doesn't, isn't super athletic. You know, the reality is this comes down to really listening to your body. Okay. It's, it's such a simple motion. You're just using the bite the aligned bite has very rarely been used in today's uh, society, you know, mm. from just the diet being so soft from using knives to cut up steaks to how soft is your, you know, how tender is your meat. Like we've essentially outsmarted physiology, <laughs> you know, how blended is your vegetables, how juiced are your juices, okay. you know. And so the reality is you use it for the first few days, you know, five to ten sets, 20 to 40 reps. Okay. And then just you just gotta gotta play it by ear. Like well, you'll know. Yeah. I mean, you'll know first off. Jaws size maybe for for one out of twenty people, it's just not for them. Like it's it's such an intense uh, activation of this primal bite that's been completely you know lost in society these days. So not everybody. It's not for everybody. You know, some people more are just easy cruisers. They don't grind their teeth. They don't have their jaw clenched ever. They're, they've really lost touch of their primal animalistic side, I guess I like this. Say. I like so, this, I mean, this that, primal animalistic thing. <laughs> this, this, I'm like, yeah, I want to bite on stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Well, bro, it's crazy because, like, I do 
we do all kinds of shoots here in Hawaii. Well, like say when we have a big a big week of rain, this river I always go to is yeah. just uh, it's it's massively raging. You know, nothing too dangerous. You know, chest deep, a little bit overhead in some places. Well, I put the size in, and then I just jump in this crazy river, and I just like I'm size and I'm going upstream, and it's like you're really getting in touch with your primal side because like you're out that. in the wild, you're climbing up this this river that's like trying to take you out, and it's like all or nothing. And you, you just essentially, you know, I always go back to way back in the day, if they're going to reset your arm or, you know, some kind of injury, they have you bite on a stick. Okay. Well, then right. they wrap the stick as time goes in a rag that they dip in a whiskey, right. alcohol, yeah. and then they induce opiates and painkillers <laughs> all the way up to heroin or whatever the hell. But originally it was always bite down on this. Bite on uh, a stick. You, uh, yeah. You essentially... There's some kind of hormones that are released by stimulating the parathyroid, the thyroid, the adrenal gland, the, the saliva that's being generated. Because essentially, your body thinks that you're you're you're, bit, you're biting in for the kill. You know, maybe for the last 300 years, humans haven't been that crazy before. But I mean, I guarantee for a million years or however many years before these these recent uh, all the tools and all the things that we've created. We used to be just as animalistic as uh, any animal, in yes. my mind. I blame the spork. The spork is the <laughs> <Yeah>. problem. <laughs> well, well, yes. Brandon, here, here in your story, this isn't just some crazy overnight thing you had. You woke up in the morning. This was a this was a, a life adventure and a journey to get to this moment. So that shows me that if you've got passion for it, we here at the afternoons, we're going to dive in head first. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go swimming in a river, <laughs> but I'm going to at least try this on my couch. <laughs> hey, hey that, that's it. It's even just as easy as the couch or maybe a quick bike ride or you go on a little a little jog, intense yeah. run. You just, we're finding that if you just pair this with something, it disconnects the fact that your body's getting tired because your brain's too busy thinking about it's engaged in that primal bite, you know? Yes. And then once you pair the two together, it unleashes like this extra power that's, I mean, it's far more beneficial than any supplement you can ever go yeah. buy or, or any juice that you can blend up in juice. If you pair the two together, it's like the ultimate. We're getting back I to mean, our shit. primal roots. I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis in Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> this is where, yes, this is where I am. Yes. Uh, I feel like in, in LA traffic, uh, oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing better than using this jaws or size to help me relieve my road rage. I'm very Ooh, excited. That could be an added benefit because yes. you, you are an angry driver, yeah. Josh. Angry driver, Brandon. I'm an angry, hey, angry gu driver. Guaranteed, man. When I lived in Oahu, there's bumper to bumper traffic. And when I had my prototypes, there's times when I'm reaching through my backseat, tearing it apart, trying to find out where the hell my jaws or size is. <laughs> there you go. You know, Perfect. you know, just for, for instance, you know, well, we try not to recommend have, operating heavy equipment, right? We're not trying to be liable for anything. You always got to use jobs resides in a safe manner. Right. But the reality is, like, you know, when you're stuck in traffic and you want to reach for a cigarette to smoke or you're biting on your nails or you're chewing on a pen, I mean, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. As opposed to taking a dip or smoking a cigarette, if you could just throw jobs resides in yeah. and rep the face out until – that sensation's gone. I mean, it's just evolutionary. I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, uh, Brandon, t tell the folks where they can find this stuff. We're going to tell them. We're going to have links and all that stuff, uh, but I want I want you to let them know. Hey, first and foremost, jawsersize.com has uh, all our great packages, uh, shipping rates. Uh, we have a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. I mean, I'll just put this out there for folks. It's 
I don't want to use Jazzercise back. If you get a Jazzercise and you give it a chance and it's not for you, <laughs> you cut it in half, you send me a picture for a full 100% refund. Nice. I'm not trying to back somebody into the corner and make them try this or make them go down to the post office and mail me back something I could throw in the trash. It's like, hey, you know, try my product with zero uh, risk of losing money. If your dentist, if your doctor, if your your neighbor, if your mother doesn't agree with it, and you don't feel like it's right for you, just simply cut it in half and send me a picture, and and hundred percent refund comes your way. No questions asked. You know, I just I, the I, cool thing I is know. I can I can hear your passion, man. It's uh, it, you're passionate about the product, and um, it 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 gets us excited to use it. I. I, you know, I found this basically just doing research about my double chin. And I was like, this, this sounds like the kind of thing I want. And then I talked to you and I could hear, I could hear your passion. Ken and I started talking about it and uh, we're just excited to use the product. I mean, we really, really are. You know, I, I mean, I thank you guys for finding us organically like that. And, you know, one thing I could say, you know, we, we never make any medical claims. You know how Western medicine is. Everybody's always looking for a reason to, to beat you up or sue you or whatever it is. So this is strictly anecdotally speaking for what it's done for myself and our thousands of customers. But, but guys, we get reports of, and personally myself, my hair has come in, I would say over 50% thicker over the last two years, just from whatever the blood flow to the scalp, the blood flow to the head. That's that's good for us. Oh, it's unbelievable. I think it's in before and after pictures. It doesn't even make sense. My COO, Mr. Brandon Broda, he's completely bald up top. He has almost a full head of hair growing right now. I mean, he still keeps his shade very low, but you can see where his hairline is and where where it was is totally different. We get these reports by the day. Okay, next biggest thing that I could say is came from this during the extreme testing phase uh, two years ago. I was doing 20,000 reps a day. Like I was saying, can I, can you overdo this? Right. Can this hurt somebody? And my girlfriend wakes me up one morning and says, Brandon, oh, holy shit. Excuse my language. But your, uh, your sleep apnea is gone. Like you were sleeping like a baby. Ooh. And I've battled with sleep apnea since I was 12, 13 years old. Oh my God. So bad that, I mean, my rest was just so terrible to sleep next to me was so horrible. I could barely hold on to a girlfriend because of these reasons well i have other uh, reasons but <laughs> what, what, what do you have no i said i have other reasans to not hold on to a girlfriend i'm married yeah, yeah, now yeah. but in yeah. my 20s yeah. oh, yeah. i was i was having a tough time yeah yeah <laughs> well see, so i talked to a doctor that i've had involved since day one with this and he says well you know sleep apnea is caused by a weak lower jaw and air passageways and they're like hmm so hmm. what would be the answer to fixing that would that be to strengthen your lower jaw and air passageways or would that be to put a band-aid on uh, uh, I'm not going to point any fingers here, but to put a uh, sleep pat machine or whatever those things are right. over, it, you know, which definitely do that if that's what your doctor recommends. I'm not saying don't use that, but right. I'm saying is this a way to combat a weak lower jaw by just essentially strengthening your lower jaw? There you, you know, go. It, it, is the temple mandibular dysfunction that everybody talks about these days? Oh, that's going to give you TMJ. Well, if it's going to give you TMJ, you're a normal person who has a temple mandibular joint. Everybody with a mouth with a jaw already has TMJ. Okay, the TMD is the simple dysfunction. A dysfunction is caused by not functioning properly. So now you're aligning your jaw, your TMJ is free-floating, and it's working in a hinging motion. 
the way it's designed to. It's not designed to go side to side and round and round and round we go or more on one side than the other because we're right-handed so we feed the right side first, left-handed, or I have a toothache on one side, I have a missing tooth on the other. You know, you just, you balance this back and forth. There's no way you can chew with your molars and get the exact amount, same amount of resistance per same amount of reps like you can with jaws exercise because it's a direct bite. There's no side-to-side motion. This is just the hinge. Brandon, we're psyched about it, man. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, which thank you so much for sending us jaws or size. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wear the hats, the shirts. We, I honestly can't wait to use this product. I know Ken has some, uh, some jaw stuff. I've yeah. got some jaw stuff. So we're, we are just psyched to use the product, man. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And we're going to have the videos. We're going to show the track, the progress. going to be a lot of fun. Show the progress. We're going to post the links, everything, man. We are psyched to use the product and, uh, we'll have you on again in like a month or so. And, uh, we'll talk about our progress and let you know what we think. Hey, that's it, guys. Get, uh, get a good boiling fit. Shoot me a message if you have any issues. Uh, once you're into it for a few days, you find out where your baseline is. I'll gladly run you through some drills that I've created over the last two years that really optimize your jaws size use. Simple things like static holds, pressing your tongue, keeping your tongue engaged, uh, uh, and then just how you fluctuate from a higher level. One day you're sore, then the next day drop down to level one, then take a day off, let your jaw completely recuperate. I mean, it's uh, you're, it's going to blow your mind just how fast these results come, and how fast the strength of your bite uh, uh, develops, and how fast when you eat. I mean, everything. It's just going to be. It's just going to change your. We're psyched. Drastically, your whole game. We're psyched, and I'm sure this helps our kissing ability with our ladies. That's the <laughs> guarantee. Guarantee. Strength of the tongue, strength of the lips. You know, you're pumping blood through through the lips. You're, you're, I, I'm not even when I when I say my tongue's got over a half inch longer since I've started this. I'm not I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, this thing is it's 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 unbelievable. Revolutionary, dude, Brandon. Thank you so much for being on, and we will talk to you soon. Jawsersize.com, guys. Jawsersize.com. Yeah. Hey, last thing, yeah, Jawsersize.com or Amazon Prime. You pick, you pick, and uh, we deliver. Awesome. Until next time, fitness for your face. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Wow, Josh, that was an epic interview. He, he's, a, I tell you what, a truly original guy. Really is. You could sense not just his passion. I'd want to have a steak with this guy. I, me too. I, as soon as my jaw gets strong enough, yeah. I think you and I yeah. need to go to Hawaii for a little while. Okay. Hang out with Brandon Harris. Do a live afternoons from some bar or oh, a yeah. tiki bar or something in Hawaii. Love uh, all brought to you by the fine people at John's or I enjoy it. But you, we, we gave you a lot of his story there because... I think it was really important for me, uh, who had heard it from you and thought, what is this? A shake weight? Yeah. What is this thing? To hear that, no, this guy didn't just wake up one morning and be like, you know what would be fun? If I put a, put something in my mouth and told people no. it would feel good. This An was Alaskan a, cage fighter. Alaskan cage fighter, breaks his jaw, starts this process, puts his whole life into this, yeah. and it's now in this package. So you're going to be hearing... You're going to be hearing from us here. You're going to be seeing videos. videos. Yep. It's going to be on the Josh McCuga uh, show mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Some bonus videos of us doing the Jawsercise yep. over the on next, our social medias. Yeah, social media. We're also going to put a link. Uh, you can. We're, we're going to tweet out links. We're going to Instagram links. We're going to do stories. Uh, yep. Things in YouTube channels. Uh, we. You guys can buy the Jawsercise. There's multiple options you can do uh, to see if you like the product, and uh, you just use our link. Yeah. That we can give you. It'll send you right to the the website and uh, check, like pick up some Jawser size stuff, guys. This guy is so passionate about this product. He sent it to us. Uh, you you can hear the passion in his voice. I'm yeah. like very very interested to see how this works. And I'm like I'm pumped about he it. He had talked about hair loss. Being- yeah. 
reversed with this. If I start growing hair, Ken, forget about I'm it. I'm giving this guy a million bucks. Uh-huh. You yourself said you said yeah. you'd give him a billion. A billion. I, I don't said have a million because I don't have even yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, the journey begins. Take it with us. The afternoons with Jazzer size. I'm psyched. That's gonna be another journey. But we're on our way out of here, Josh. Big supersized episode, which I think we needed post Comic Con. Yep. Yep. We really want to talk about Schnepp for a moment. We want to talk about our experiences we'll in Comic Con and uh, give you uh, our normal content here, plus this great interview. But on our way out, Josh, uh, Bad Boys 2, you say we invoked it. Ken, on Friday night, our first time ever hosting something together live. (laughs) Together, no rehearsals, live. We've been on shows together. We've hosted many podcasts. Mm -hmm. We've we've even been on live shows together just on separate times on the stage. Right. You've moderated panels. I've moderated panels that you've been on, yada, yada, yada. Right. This is our first time ever hosting Together, a live stand-up comedy show, 15 minutes of Ken and Josh. And I got to tell you, man, we were Mike Lowry. We were Marcus. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We were bad boys, too, up there. I thought we... Yeah. I Honestly, man, it was it was an honor being on stage with you. Oh. And uh, I really felt like we were invoking a little Young Guns, too, a little bad boys, too, up there. I'll make you as, famous. It's just two guys... We weren't Miami PD. We no. weren't bringing down a drug kingpin, but we were we were hosting the hell out of a comedy show. This just got real, yeah. And something to tease the audience with. Ooh, we came up with what I think could be an amazing bit here on the show that we yeah. will debut next week. Yeah, it's called Seven Eleven Memories. Seven Eleven Memories. That's it's right. Great moments in Seven Eleven history great with your man moments. Ken Napsock and Josh. And Giga. then before you know it, Seven Eleven. With their snack tables. Snack tables. It's gonna be a sponsor of us. We're investing in 7-Eleven in the future of the of what could be a social Mm. revolution. Yeah. Of hey, you wanna meet for snacks? Well, it was an honor sharing the stage with you. A lot of fun. And we do hope. I know some of you missed it. A lot of you missed it. We didn't tape it. We understand that's how it works sometimes. It's a live comedy show at a comedy club. (laughs) Don't worry. We wanna do more. Let your conventions know. We want the afternoons of Josh and Ken here. Yeah. We want panels. We want them to host things. Let them know your voice can be heard and it can help us a long way. Same with sharing the podcast, rating, reviewing, liking, going to our Instagram page, The Afternoons Show. Following us on following Instagram. Following us, using these links, all those kind of things. Help support the show. Absolutely. So, Josh, that is it. It doesn't matter when you listen, Ken. It's always The Afternoons. <laughs> <laughs>